This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today we're focusing on property. Most people's largest assets is their house. And with us... I'm Penny Lindstrom and I'm from ERA Sun Properties as well as Penny Lindstrom Valuations. Hi, I'm Tim Cannum from uh, Pam Golding Properties. I'm the Quigney Area Specialist and I'm a Sectional Title Specialist as well. I'm Robin Knott uh, from InvestPro Property Brokers. Um, we do everything across the property, commercial, rentals, management, uh, residential and commercial and farms. Right, so that's the panel for today. Before we started this, we had a little informal discussion because BCM plays a huge role in all of the property sectors. And it's very easy to sit here and knock the hell out of BCM. But it's perhaps unfair. Very few major cities around the world have a sparkling inner city. So what we decided to do was rather to focus on what our panel thought BCM could do. However, Tim, the Quigney specialist, has a a rather amusing story about an investor who flew in. Tim, do you want to just tell us a little bit about that, please? Um, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one that this happened to. Um, I've had a client that calls me up from Johannesburg. They're super keen. They're interested in the property. They ask all the right questions. They're going to fly in in a couple of weeks, and they fly in. And I give them the GPS coordinates, and um, I'm waiting for him. What's going on? I see he calls me up, and I'm like, hey, where are you? No type thing. And he's stuck in Curry Street, and he says, Tim, I was here last 10 years ago. What the heck's happened to this place? And he's like, there's no ways I'm investing in East London. You know, and my heart just sank because, I mean, I tried everything. I just said to him, just keep driving. It will get better. He says, no ways. I mean, I've, I was stuck there by Gel- Gelwell. It was a disaster. And then when he went through, well, we got that major route now going through um, Curry Street. And I, no matter what I said, he was like, not a chance. You know, so... That is what we sit with at the moment, and I'm sure all of us have experienced that. Yeah, I, I think all of us have experienced that. Robin, when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned the fact that we have huge potential in this city. The sad thing is that the innocent city is struggling. The motor industry has basically moved out to the Beacon Bay area. The medical side has also moved out to Beacon Bay, and from our offices at Daily Dispatch, which are at the bottom end of Beacon Bay, we look across a valley to Ganubi. That valley should be the super suburb of East London. Predictions are that there could be as many as 3,600 houses there, plus shopping, garages, schools. BCM made a wonderful start by bringing the highway down from Retail Park and then it suddenly stopped. However, there are two large developments going on here. But Robin, is that the sort of thing that we should be looking at to bring some life into East London, attract some investors? Um, absolutely, Ted. I think I must <clears throat> first say that East London's got a unique layout where literally we govern by four rivers. <clears throat> so everything in East London, um, you have to cross a river to get somewhere. And that's our biggest problem um, not like any other city center that doesn't have this you can bypass it quite easily where we have um, anyone working on the west bank side has to get through one road 
and as Tim said, you know, you just hope when a customer comes, he takes a different road right now instead of Curry Street because it does put them off. So, um, and in saying that, there's a huge expansion to the north of the city and to the south. Um, and obviously with Daimler Chrysler being on the West Bank, um, that is the hub of East London. Uh, and at the other, we also a gateway to the Transcar. So often people will want, depending on where their business is, is crucial. Do they need to go to Port Elizabeth or do they need to feed the Transcar? And that's a huge factor in where they choose their location of, say, their warehouse or even where they live because they do not want to cross the Buffalo River. Um, so in saying that, uh, yeah, you're quite right. There's every single car going past literally has to go on the old R72, which is needs fixing up, um, or on the main highway. Um, but it's not easy to get on and off that at certain times. So this, what you mentioned, the crossing from the on the Quelecha River between Beacon Bay and Ganubi, is crucial to help the flow of traffic, business and residential, and the growth of the city. Um, and I, it's a huge priority. And I know in the business sector, um, it's been on the cards for years to try and get another bridge crossing to the airport uh, near, I think it's it's going almost to Amalinda, but for various reasons we battle to do that. So uh, that in the bigger scheme is, is crucial to the growth of East London uh, together with other points. Penny, we're not mentioning age here today. But uh, if I said that you'd been in this business for 50 years, you are the absolute doyen of the agents in East London. You've got some positive aspects regarding BCM. Well, first of all, BCM's doing its best. You must remember they rely on income from rates. Now, you know and I know that everybody's pushed for money. So as a result of that... They are not getting their rates. Now, I sit on the appeal board for rating, and so we've discussed this at length. So they're not getting the money in. So it's very hard to spend money repairing things. Now, for instance, we have water issues and the reading of water. We put on that super, what is the special reader for water. But there's nobody who comes and checks whether your reader's right or wrong. These are the issues that people are unhappy about. Road maintenance, potholes. Well, if you've got no money to tar the road, potholes become a big problem in this municipality. A lot of people say we've got more potholes than we have residents. I don't know whether that's true. But there certainly are a lot of potholes. And then maintenance of public open spaces. You take the park, Joan Harrison Park, and all the little parks all over town and the beaches, we're not looking after those either. I mean, our parks and beaches are really not in good shape. They've been building in front of the hotel on the beachfront for three years now. Now, they just can't afford to finish it because they don't have the money to do so. And then, of course, poor control of waste dumping. That is a huge issue. I mean, people just put their rubbish in the bushes anywhere near them. So eventually there's this huge pile of rubbish, and they don't really have the capacity to collect it. So those are issues that impact, the poor delivery issues actually impact on the money that comes in. So if nobody's paying rates, they don't have money, and they don't get a grant from anywhere. Long ago we used to get grants from the government, for various projects. We don't get 
grants anymore. And of course, we declared ourselves a metro, so we we're not really strong enough to be a metro because metros need a lot of money. All the townships, yeah. they're not paying rates. Um, and a lot of people are not paying rates. I, I was talking to them the other day. You know, Mr. Average Citizen, who's not working at the moment for one reason or another, he's, not a, he's never been a bad payer before, and he apologizes very much when he gets his account and phones it, but he just doesn't have the money to pay. So it's not a, it's not a willful thing that they're not paying. They just don't have the money. Yeah, on, on that note, yeah, we... Like on the commercial side, we, we try to set up a rates forum to engage with our rates. Uh, I know you're aware of it. So on the, from a commercial side, all I can say is I know we are the second highest in the country ratepayers, which is, so we're far more expensive than Cape Town, and our quality of our service we get is far below in our standards. I'm not, I'm not, don't want to be negative here, but I, I know from a commercial sector, we have to pay our rates, otherwise people get cut off. And we manage over a thousand tenants, two hundred and fifty odd buildings, commercial, four owners who don't live here anymore, a lot of them, and we pay their rates religiously on time. Robin, I think you mentioned that in fact you guys hand over three million rand a month to BCM, which is a huge number. Tim, just getting back to you. When Penny mentioned the ongoing construction site, it took the smile off your face because that must be crippling sales in the Quigney. Um, Look, I was told I was to be positive. So (laughs) I'm going to be positive in in that there's not enough stock. Um, People are still hanging on to their properties. There's a great demand for East London. People want to invest in East London. They love East London. However, you know... When you see things, when you go to the Quigney, um, at one stage it was like a, a little maze to get to, to the windmill. I mean, I love their toasted sandwiches there. And uh, I spoke to the owner, and the owner is, it's, it's a headache for him. You know, he's paying this, handing over rates every month to, to the BCM, and they're taking forever. You mentioned it took three, it's taken three years, and we don't know when it's going to finish. The plans to go further up, funny enough, um, they, they're, gonna, they're putting a circle there, I'm going to go up. I mean, when's that going to end? Penny, you would remember this, but back in 2013, a chap by the name of Professor Leslie Banks did a massive study to link three campuses into the sleeper site. They just stall it. Nothing has actually happened, except we now have a highway going through, which is probably the most profitable area. What would this have done to student accommodation had it been sparkled up that's one of the biggest attractions of the quigney you know um they are still close to walter sulu close to fort Hare. i mean um quigney is essentially uh it's it's mostly rentals you know um there are very few people that actually live there but i mean uh, i'm we're busy selling up we mentioned this now uh, we're selling up uh student accommodation you know and people are coming in. I know there's people leaving, but as, as much as people are leaving, there's people wanting to buy. Penny, if I can just cross back to you again. A trip through the, some of the Quigney area is, is devastating. What, from your experience in valuations, should they be doing with buildings that are just about derelict? Well, comes to mind the Curry Street building of great concern. 
Yeah, it affects the value of the properties around them, obviously. But when, with, when you take that into account, but you must remember that the building you're valuing, you're going to base it on its income and position. So there are many factors. You can look at the other one as being a deterrent and put it in your notes. But in actual fact, it's the income of the building that actually brings the value in because that's what the landlord actually earns as his, in his pocket. Robin, if I can go back to you. You chaps are now a multi-skilled agency. Is there like a quantum leap that can be taken in there? Should we be looking at boosting up the accommodation aspect? Uh, absolutely. That, that is the solution for the CBD. Um, the ground floor close to the taxi rank is gold. You cannot get enough of it because that's where all the trade is and that's where the heart of East London goes to. Um, but upstairs, there's no one wants to go and run offices there anymore. And that's what it should all be turned into accommodation. Um, as you mentioned earlier, if, if the CBD was the a com, a, a student hub and, and built campuses there, the accommodation is there. It's just a matter of converting the buildings. And I think, I don't know why, I don't know too much about it, but the, the railway line is a huge positive for the country and the Eastern Cape, that should be looked after because that serves the whole way between here and King Williamstown. So students wouldn't have to worry about taxis. If we could improve the, the, the rail infrastructure, it stops right there. And that would be the perfect scenario for East London to have it as a accommodation city uh, in the centre and a, a learning institution, you know, a nice hub. Penny, to go back to the man in the street, Property is probably the biggest asset that anyone will ever have. If we focus away from the inner city now and get out to the suburbs, I was looking at a report regarding Cape Town. One of the high areas now, or the higher prices, is above 10 million. East London is unlikely to get that. But what would your advice be to somebody who's perhaps laid off or their company has closed down, how can they keep their property? Because you don't want to sell it because times will change. COVID will eventually go. Well, of course, um, they, can, they can rent a smaller property and rent their, their bigger property out and make money. Some people have done that. I'm quite sure Robin will agree with me. Um, and you must remember that most most people, their bond isn't as big as what the value is of the house. For instance, um, if you've lived in your house for a long time, you don't have a huge bond anymore. So it depends on when the property was bought and at what stage you are in your payments at the bank. And the banks been very the banks have been actually quite accommodating with people that have got into arrears. Um, and the bank just has the house valued and checked and whatever. And But it is a bit of a problem, but I would say that they should rent their big house out because we've got houses in the... We don't have many 10 million rent houses, I don't think. With 5 million is about it. I think lately we've had two 5 million rent houses on the market. So, But those people are now moving to small... They're moving to, to townhouses, very large townhouses. So... That's the reason why they're doing it, yes. Tim, some of the places in the Quigney are, quite frankly, beautiful. There is some old houses there. 
What can be done in the Quigney aside from BCM trying to get the road done a little quicker? Well, I, I think it's, it's just the basics. I mean, if you went back a few years back, uh, Quigney was beautiful. I mean, you, they, the beautification. It's, it's simple, you know, just fix up the roads, you know, um, make the place. To, anywhere else in the country, a place like the Quigney would be like VNA, you know, it'd be, it's beautiful. I mean, you sit there on that, on that uh, what's it called, Castle Hill, and you have that amazing view. Tim, you're probably in the area that has got the most potential in East London. As you say, it, it is beautiful. One thing that could change there that would make a massive change in three years? I think he, uh, Robin summed it up. Um, you know, if they just fix up the roads, um, and the other thing, our rates, um, is that's what's chasing people away. Um, you know, let's just be reasonable about the rates and the, the water bills. You know, um, a lot of my clients are like, Tim, I've loved this land and I've lived here for many years. I'm a pensioner now. I can't afford to live here. And so they, they sell up. And um, unfortunately, those houses get converted into like nine rooms now and they're just stuffed with students. So we, we, those uh, residential, you know, they're becoming um, res for, for kids. Thanks, Tim. Penny, you've got your wish now. And as I say, the doyen of estate agents in East London. One thing that could change that would make a massive difference in three years? Well, I actually think if they address the issue of making things accessible. There are lots of places that you can't really get to because there's some obstacle in the way. For instance, go to, if you want to go to Nahoon Beach, it's not easy to go down that road and then you've got to walk. They need to improve how to get to the beach. Robin, from your side? East London is a fantastic destination for as a sporting facility. There are huge, brilliant schools here. There's... We're constantly having, there are squash, bowls, tennis, tournaments across the country. We should be attracting all the major centers. We are a perfect city that can host all these type of things and large events. So tourism for me is a huge plus. If I can just come back to the commercial rates. Um, every five years, there's a review of the rates uh, in the city um, linking to the valuation of the property. Now, the big problem we have is there was a huge jump three years ago, and it wasn't actually to do with the valuation of the property. The valuation of the properties are correct. It's the rate in the rand that you pay in your property. Okay, It's jumping up to a situation where the government thinks that about 33 rand out of every 100 you receive should go to rates. Now, I know the, the border car chamber is um, engaging very closely uh, with the municipality and they've actually helped us as well as a firm to try and have a direct link in the communication to sort out issues for our customers because it is a huge problem in the COVID to try and go down to the city centre. It's actually, you know, it's dangerous. But You guys know people that want to move to East London? What do you tell them? We live in the most fantastic place and we just need... To promote that. If you look at what we've got to offer, our houses are much cheaper than the other metro areas. I've done the whole Joburg thing, and uh, you know, where you're always worried about getting hijacked. But in East London, it's go to the beach, you know, drop my kids off, pick them up. It's, it's a, I, I couldn't live in a better place. Uh, I love East London. Thank you all very much for coming and supporting our podcast on property this morning.